Can't ask for much more than that as Alabama beats USC 52-6 in Arlington, led by a true freshman, but is he your starter? Nick Saban's not saying, plus a dominant performance yet again from the defense. That and so much more. You're listening to Pat's Interference. Well, hey there, everybody. How's it going? College football is back, and Alabama came back with a bang. You're listening to Pat's Interference. I'm Patrick Brickman with Patrick Norwood, and man, it was a uh, it was a great time to uh, be an Alabama fan, destroying USC, and it just it was it was fantastic. So we're just gonna get right into it. Patrick, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really, really good. That was a uh, that was quite the showing. Quite the showing last night. Fifty-two to six in Arlington, Pat. It was like fifty-two to six. It was like it all. I mean, leading up to the game, everything kind of happened so fast. It wasn't until halftime where I even kind of looked back and went, "What? What is this?" I mean, yeah. I I mean, I left work, and the game was still relatively close. We had scored our first touchdown, uh, right before I left work. So I was able to see that. And then by the time I got to the place where I was watching the game, uh, it had taken off. I mean, it was uh, we were so far ahead, and it was so far in the rear view. I listened uh, to Minka Fitzpatrick uh, get stepped on <laughs> yeah, we'll in get, the car. We'll get into that a little bit later. Basically, I mean, you and I had spent uh, weeks, months, I mean, all the way back to, to, to March talking about the starting quarterback battle. Uh, it was not solved, but it was announced that, you know, Barnett would start, and then we, we saw that he was starting, and then we, like, were sitting there looking and watching everything. We didn't we didn't breathe for a long time. So we'll talk about the quarterbacks in a little bit, too, but but before all that, what were your just, uh, your first reaction, your initial thoughts about yesterday's game? I, uh, you know, I think you can look at it, Patrick, as a tale of two halves, honestly. Uh, First half, very from what I had seen, very sloppy on offense. Uh, sort of, it didn't really seem like everyone was on the same page. A little concerning, honestly. But then, uh, defense held. USC really did not have any luck moving the ball down the field on uh, an overly stingy Alabama defense. And then second half, uh, firing on all cylinders. Uh, truly, I would truly say firing on all it reminded cylinders. me a lot of the Michigan State playoff game where uh, I've heard this analogy used a couple times by various people in the way Alabama's been playing people lately, and it's like it's a pressure cooker. Like we start off and it starts off slow, but we're just, it's just, it we, we, we destroy a team's soul. And yeah. very slow, you, you look away for two minutes, you look back up and we're up by three scores, four scores. Five scores, game over. It's an it's 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 my favorite kind of victory. I'm not gonna lie. I I love just slowly destroying a team and crippling them. That was maybe the best defensive performance. Most impress, maybe not the best, but most impressive, especially since LSU last year. Uh, and then also thinking back to to uh, I don't know. Um, I would I would say I would compare it to. Michigan State in 2010 in the Capital One Bowl in Orlando, Florida. Do you remember that game? I do. I do. Just, That's what I would liken it to. Like Alabama's I, it was played just, some good games, a lot of good games defensively uh, in the last right. several years. But this one was just so impressively intimidating. And not, the, not to mention the fact that a lot of times, you know, with the first game of the season, Alabama has a – well, I mean, we started slow. But people don't 
I mean, when we beat West Virginia, when we beat Virginia Tech, even when we beat Wisconsin last year, nobody was saying there's nobody that's not going to have Alabama the number one team in the nation after that kind of. And we don't even know what we're doing yet. I mean, we really still haven't even solved a lot of the key positions on the roster, and we're beating right. a top twenty USC team by forty points. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, by 46. 46 and it's points. it's just, it's, it's, you know, I, I don't know. It's I feel like we do this a lot with Alabama where it's such a dominating performance. We did it with Michigan State and LSU last year, and now we're doing it with USC, where we're saying, okay, well, maybe Alabama's just not that good. Maybe that team was just overrated. Maybe Michigan State didn't deserve to be in the playoffs. And they're doing it right now. I mean, the media is doing it right now with USC. Is USC really that good? Now, I, I think USC is probably the best argument out of those three teams that I just mentioned, being LSU last year, Michigan State last year, and this year's USC team. I think USC is by far and away the worst. However, yeah, it's not really fair to discredit the dominating performance that Alabama had by just sort of saying, using the, oh, well, this team's not that good scapegoat. Because I'm sorry, but that that's game a... 52-6 on a neutral field? No one. I don't I, think I don't, does. I don't think there's another one. I don't think there's another one. It's one, of those, uh, it's one of those events. It's one of those events where Alabama plays, and we didn't even play a flawless per, uh, football game, and you and I are going to nitpick it because that's what we do. But it's one of those days where Alabama comes out and like really turns on the gas and shows they're the top team in the country. Alabama does that two or three times per season, it seems. Right. Right. Let's get into this quarterback, quote-unquote, battle uh, brick. Obviously, Jalen Hurts, the star from yesterday's performance, although his stat line looks a little iffy. 6 of 11, 118 yards, two TDs, one pick, but the 32 rush yards for two touchdowns are impressive. Well, I mean, he lost the fun. I mean, his, his, his debut could not have started literally could not have started any worse. I mean, his first right. touch in football action, he loses the fumble. I think um, we're going to break down both quarterbacks, but initially I have to say that Hertz's performance, uh, I- I'd say that it goes beyond his stat line. It- it- his There's something about the way he played that goes beyond his stats. It's It was his demeanor. It was, his- it was the way he kind of, you know, the game was very much up in the air after the first quarter. He looked, Nothing had happened looked, on offense. We needed at least a sustained drive, and he came in and did that. It was more. He of, looked very comfortable. Yes, looked very in control, and and the, the control of the offense, the way the offense responded to him. He made a lot of mistakes. I'd say Barnett made less overall mistakes, but when the coaches were it, looking for a guy to, as Saban always says, take the bull by the horns. Yeah. How do you take the bull by the horns more than scoring 38 unanswered points? Uh, it's it's pretty good. Now, Blake Barnett's stat line, 5-6 for 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but at the same time, you compare those two games, you can see the quarterback. I mean, you can look at their eyes and tell which one, not necessarily wanted it more, but which one was more comfortable with being out on the field. Now, I think that's a lot of it has to do with sort of their background. Jalen Hurts being the true freshman, thinking, you know what, I've got nothing to lose. I'm going to go out here and, you know, play my butt off, sling it around, run, get outside the pocket, do whatever I can. Whereas you're looking at Blake Barnett, someone who just doesn't want to lose the job that everybody had pretty much pegged on him. Uh, as When he was coming out of high school as, this is the next great Alabama quarterback. I mean, there is guys likening 
uh, Blake Barnett to Brett Favre. Brick. Oh, he's so, he, I, and he's very talented. Um, you, I guess you were still leaving work uh, during his. What happened was he came in the first two series. He played. two I've series. watched. I've watched the entire game since then. Okay, so, so you, you saw he came. I'm, you came in for the first two series, and um, right, he didn't make any mistakes. He had a receiver drop a screen pass where he hit him in a good spot, and he got sacked on a, something he wouldn't have been able to get away from. And, and it's a good thing he didn't lose the ball on that. Um, and then. Saban pulled the plug, and he said in his press conference, the plan was always to get Jalen Hurts in on that third series. And he just made a decision, seeing the way the offense responded when he put him in, he kept saying, I made a for now decision to keep him in and right. let him grow with it. I think reading between the lines there, he's not closed the book, but he's kind of telling us, this is my mindset about the quarterbacks and the way the team's responding to them. I was always going to have Hurts, and we all, we'd worked on a specific amount of plays for him. And even Hurts didn't get the offense moving till his fourth, uh, his fourth drive. You know, his first one he fumbled. He had a couple three and outs. It was the fourth drive where um, they scored the the touchdown to Stewart. And I, the the offense definitely sputtered in that first half, and that's what I mean when I said it was a tale of two halves. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you look at those first what, six or seven possessions that Alabama had, offense was going nowhere. Couldn't get a ground game. Kept trying the jet sweep. It just wasn't working. Nothing was working. And then it all started falling into place midway through the second quarter going into the rest of the game. And the scoreboard looks great. But if Alabama plays that same way they did in the first half for the entire game, I'm not sure that's a victory, Patrick. No, it it, it was... I mean, the I guess it was because the defense had the back. It was it, the offense was. I wouldn't say they were sputtering or shooting themselves in the foot. They weren't having crazy turnovers. It was more of. It was like the Michigan State game last year. We didn't have we didn't have uh, any points in that game until midway through the second quarter. It was two, more like two boxers feeling each other out. You know, the, the 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 two. We were still we didn't you know, new quarterback in, three new offensive linemen two new running backs. The only thing that had had any experience was the receivers, basically. They were just getting their footing under them. I'm not concerned with the way they started the game because all of that was very scripted. And right. it was just more of a, hey, let's get our let's let's get our nerves down. Let's calm our nerves down. Neutral field, Dallas game, big opponent. Um, which, to me, is all the more impressive that once they did get their footing down, they put their feet on the gas and they blew everyone away. I expected the game to start, so I never expected Barnett or Hurts to come out and score on their first possessions. No, and I don't I don't think anybody did, but I also didn't expect Alabama to not have a first down at all in the first quarter. You're right. You're right. You're right about that. Uh another thing that I want to bring up with you and we're going to get back to the quarterback battle in a minute. The two marquee receivers from that game, Calvin Ridley and Juju Smith, Three catches for 18 yards. Calvin Ridley with two of those catches. Calvin Ridley with two catches for nine yards. Patrick, is that a concern, or is that just sort of how the game worked out last night? Uh, I'm not concerned because we know we know Ridley's and, and um, Schuster's talents, and I think, again, three first-time quarterbacks played in this game. Yes, actually four, if you count the other true freshmen on USC. Four different first-time quarterbacks that had really not taken snaps before played in this game. It's just, this wasn't a mid-season game, and um, I don't, 
and plus they're two all-American corners on the other side of the ball. So every right. play that they were calling for Hurts, every play that they were calling for Barnett, every play they were calling for Max Brown was, hey, don't throw the ball toward Marlon Humphrey. Hey, don't throw the ball toward Adderley Jackson. Just don't. Um, yeah. Kyle, my, our buddy that I stayed with um, and watched this game with uh, in Mobile, he asked me, he goes, do you expect Ridley to have over 100 yards days before the game? And I said, no, absolutely not. We're going to be staying away from Jackson as much as we can. And that's why right. I think it's so cool that our number two receiver shined because that's definitely who they would have been targeting. It was, I think um, as we start to play other teams and as the playbook starts to open up for whoever is going to be the rest of the season starter, Ridley's going to be back to, to his midseason form. I, I would agree with that. I'm I'm just uh, I'm I'm trying to think of the last time that I saw a game like that. It would have had to have been Amari Cooper's sophomore season where he sort of hit that slump, um, and even maybe even a little bit last year during the national championship game when Calvin Ridley didn't have that many catches or yards. It was just something that I was not expecting. I know you probably. I mean, I know you weren't expecting him to get a hundred yards. I don't think either of us were. I expect him to have more than. But nine. I was expecting Let's him be, yeah. to at least hit double digits. Um, you know, Cam Sims went down. Apparently, the shoulder injury is not considered serious. Now we don't really know what that means, but that could affect and sort of shake up that receiver core. But I think if there's one position where obviously you never want to lose a uh, anyone, but if we're going to lose someone to injury. I think a wide receiver position is a good position to do that. So let's move on to next week, Patrick. As far as the quarterback battle is concerned, let's get back to that. Who do you start? Ooh, see, I, my gut is still telling me that Barnett takes that first snap. I don't know why. Uh, no, I, just, I completely disagree. My gut is telling me that he's gonna he's gonna let them both. It's gonna be very similar. Um, I I won't be shocked if Hurt starts. And I don't think it's as much of a competition as it's being let on. I, I don't know. I have this gut. Because Barnett played. We haven't even talked about his play much yet. He played. And it was after the game was well put away. But he played awesome. He was great. He made less mistakes. He didn't have an interception or a fumble. Uh, he was 5 of 6. He had a 280-something passer rating. 100 yards and a touchdown. He threw the two best balls of the day. Um, right. Th- when he hit. Well, maybe not. The, he threw two very, very good passes, one for a touchdown to Dieter and the other one to O.J. Howard down the seam. Um, and I think it's just – I think it's protecting the depth chart is, is what makes me say that. Um, I don't think Saban wants Barnett to be discouraged and want him to transfer this early out. We're going to keep continuing to groom both of them because there's good, a good chance one of them might get injured. I Yeah, I, I... – I don't know. In my opinion, you play the guy that's going to win you the football game. And I know we're—I know it's Western Kentucky next week. But if I'm picking the guy who's going to win me the football game, right now for me, that's Jalen Hurts. You said it yourself. He, won, he, what, he scored 38 unanswered points? It's Jalen Hurts. And I think, it, I, now I think that Blake Barnett plays uh, maybe even more than Hurts does. But I think just if we're saying who starts, I've got to go with Jalen Hurts. That will say a lot. If Hurts comes in, that is Saban conceding in his own way, and he'll he'll tell the media he isn't. But that is Saban in his own way conceding victory to Hurts. And that'd be great because we both wanted him to start. We're sitting in a very good position here. 
Um, and I'm very happy we're not still talking about Cooper Bateman. We're both. Let's be serious here. We're both very happy that that name. This is the first time its name. His name has come up. Yes. Because <laughs> we all expected him to take the first snap. Yeah. I mean, who out of well, anyone expected Jalen Hurts to be responsible for our first touchdown of the season? I didn't. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. I I think how okay. So, on a scale of one to ten, how much of a competition do you say this still is? Uh, a three or four. I was gonna say four as well. I I just I'm sorry, but you like we said at the beginning of the podcast. You look at those two players. It's easy to pick out the guy that's gonna win the game. I don't think Hertz needs to win the starting job anymore. I think he can still lose it if he goes out and just throws more interceptions or fumbles. Well, more. sure. I think he can sure. still lose it. But if they play similar, the team responds to Hertz. I think Saban responds to Hertz. Everyone, he's 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 got the momentum. Then here's another question: What do you do? Say Jalen Hurts. This is worst case scenario. Comes out either gets hurt or fumbles you know, twice or throws, you know, two picks and a fumble, whatever. Blake Barnett comes out, same thing, gets hurt, multiple turnovers. Then you turn to Cooper Bateman or you go back to Jalen Hurts? I go back to Hurts. I, you know. Either way, this has to be sorted out before Ole Miss. Yeah, it, and it very much will be. Um, I just, th- I, this week, you know, we started off with a tough opponent, and coaches never know what to expect. This week is a tune-up. Saban's going to want to see execution, poise, leadership. Um, he, I mean, this is the, the exact thing when reporters ask him about Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, after he said that Barnett and Bateman will be the ones playing quarterback. He said, can he go out there, and if the offense is lining up wrong, fix them? He wants to see a solid beginning-to-end game from both of these guys. Right. Um, this will tell him more of how in control these guys are. You know, the the, the feelings are going to be gone of the the prime time game. Now we're playing a two thirty kickoff against a team that we're supposed to beat by thirty five to forty. You know, right? Um, it's going to be interesting. But in my opinion, it's Jalen. Like you said, it's Jalen Hurts' job to lose. I don't think he's going to lose it, and I think he has to make multiple mistakes to lose it. I do and too. Blake Barnett has to play his absolute best. We, we both uh, agree on that. I think this is the most upside an Alabama offense has had since I've been watching them. And that I includes think, two Heisman winners we've had. I think that... I, I, here's what I'll say. Best case scenario for Alabama, Jalen Hurts comes out and it is very certain that he is the starter. Because I think if it... Against Western Kentucky, I'm saying. Because I think if it's... If we're sitting here in a week saying, oh, well, now I'm not really sure, then Alabama is in a lot of trouble heading into that Ole Miss week. And we're, we saw it last year. You don't want to go into the Ole Miss game with two quarterbacks. That's one of the things I, I want us to mention when we get down to the uh, preview of the game is, is really worst-case scenarios coming out of this game because we're not going to lose it. Uh, I think we're both <laughs> quite comfortable saying that, but there is a worst-case scenario still there, and, and we'll get into that. Uh, just with the potential the offense has, the best – offense in Alabama history statistically was Blake Sims and Amari Cooper. I think with with this this crop of freshman uh, quarterbacks, either one, and the young wide receivers we have can surpass that. That would be amazing. Not saying they will, but it's it's at that level possibly. It all depends on what offenses what sort of offense they run throughout their careers at Alabama. Yeah. Because I think that might be a dynamic that changes 
for this group of freshmen. Let's move on a little bit. Let's go on to the running backs. Not going to spend too much time on this. Uh, Damian Harris with nine carries and 138 yards. Bo Scarborough, 11 carries for 36 yards, but had the touchdown. Jacobs and Emmons did fine for what they were supposed to do. I don't want to spend any time on them. You and I both last week talked about how Bo Scar was definitely going to be the starter, that he was the guy, in our opinions, that we were fine with Damian Harris, correct? And that we figured they would split snaps. Yeah. But if we had to name a starter, it would be Bo Scarborough. Yet again, Patrick, proven wrong. <laughs> Damian Harris looked like a man on a mission last night, not to say that Bo Scarborough didn't, but you look at the numbers, you look at the way they ran, now, I think Damian Harris had a, what, 65-yard run 74. at one point? 74-yard run, excuse me. And that obviously he, helps out quite a he, bit. He would have scored had it not been for a, a Jackson. Jackson was very nearly an Olympian. People are people are freaking out about the fact he was chased down. Jackson almost went to Rio. So let's let's pump the brakes on being I'm, I'm not. That. I'm never going to worry about an Alabama running back being chased down by a defensive no. back. If they're not being chased down and their name's not Kenyon Drake, then they're not big enough. They need to start eating and lifting more. Because that's how running backs in this program survive. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I look forward to seeing Bo Scarborough when he's maybe more comfortable or maybe has more opportunities. Because uh, I feel like a lot about last night was based on the quarterback play uh, and not a lot was based on the running game. As and the line really struggled usual. at times. The line was... My biggest concern were, from the game was the offensive line. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. I would agree with that. They, I, and they got their footing just like the quarterbacks did. But if you go back and watch, it was really when the offensive line started performing better that the quarterbacks took off. That had a lot to do with everything. On you know Scarborough, a lot of his carries were earlier in the game while the line was still struggling, and he was you know getting hit in the backfield. So, um, but Harris, in my opinion most improved player on the roster from last year. Break, let me ask you another question. And this is very premature, and I understand that, but I want to talk about it. Let's say the defense that we saw from Alabama last night continues throughout the rest of the season. I need you to pick a defense between, between 2011, 2009, and this year's defense. You want me to pick which one I think is my favorite? Yes. I th- which one, if you were building a football team, which one would you want? Ours. With the way the game works now, the one we, I know it's the first game, but I'm kind of comparing this year's to last year's in many ways. Um, the last two years of our defense, I would take over the previous. And I, you know how much I loved those players on those team. I loved Kirkpatrick and Upshaw. You know how much I loved Upshaw. And, but with what we're competing against and the teams that, that threaten, I mean, the, the, the best thing you can have on a, on a defense is a pass rush and disruption factor, and nobody's better at it than us right now. That's what makes I, ours so intimidating. I would agree with you. Uh, not If we're just talking about my all-time favorite Alabama defense, it's I don't think it's this year, even if they continue to put up the numbers like they did last night. I love this defense, but I don't think we're ever going to see a defense like in 2011. However, you and I talked about it earlier today. Alabama has done a great job, especially on the defensive side of the ball, at adapting to the change of college football, something that other programs haven't done, cough, LSU, LSU. cough. Uh, So, you know, I think for the way the game is headed, like you said, I think this defense is perfect. 
they're not my favorite defense because I'm not as familiar with the characters on this one yet like I was with 2011 when a lot of those guys were upperclassmen. Yeah. Uh, this defense, which is frightening, and something that Alex Scarborough for ESPN wrote earlier today, this game, as dominant as Alabama was, winning by 46 points, on both sides of the ball, could have shown a lot of improvement. A lot of improvement. Uh, Marlon Humphrey's interception was great. Reuben Foster was very Reuben Foster-esque. You know, I I just... There's a lot of improvement that could be made. Um, And I think that should really, really scare a lot of people in the SEC and across the nation. I don't think there's any secret who number one is by a long shot. So... It's fun. It's 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 interesting you say that. Where on the defense? I mean, how how what other than one pass that went for about thirty forty yards? On where on the defense you what, could you have seen improvement? I'm not like saying you're wrong. I'm not just asking. I want to know where where you saw coverage that improved. Coverage in our linebacker play. See, I Teams that Fo- run. Fo- I didn't see the other ones, but Foster was very instinctive back. I, Foster was the second player I was the most impressed with yesterday because he looked like he was. I'll get into that in a minute. He was great. And I'm not saying they didn't play well. I'm saying coverage among our linebackers on pass plays. Now, they were bailed out by the defensive line a lot, but there's guys gashing them through the middle. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that's something that sort of worries me with guys like uh, Ryan Anderson and Reuben Foster out there. It's no secret that Reuben Foster's not exactly got the highest football IQ. Yes, he hits hard, but he's not exactly the smartest player out there. That's something that concerns me moving into the future. And that's why I'm saying there's room to improve. It's not like they went out there. You're telling me that Alabama's defense went out there and pitched a perfect game last night? It was as close to one as we've had since LSU in a, in a, in a good while. Uh, I mean, I thought it was great. But like I said, there's room to improve. There's always. there's a, The thing about Foster that got me... The, I mean, the defensive line, I'll, I'm going to talk about all three of them, but Foster, a couple weeks ago, we were asking, um, you know, who who do we think is going to be able to step up and be a Ragland on this team? And the, I was watching Foster very specifically yesterday, and then I went and read about it too, and he they were talking about how much he had stepped up as a leader in that game, a vocal leader, and he was really – coming into his own in that role and taking over what Ragland did last year. And I kind of saw it on the field and then I read about it kind of justified the way I was feeling. That's such a good sign to see in game one. Um, sure. Humphrey, we were. Ju- I was just watching the Notre Dame-Texas broadcast, which we'll go into later in the week, that game. But um, they just called the announcers during halftime, they were talking about our game, they just called Marlon Humphrey the best pure corner Saban's had at Alabama. I, I saw that. I saw and that. And it just it uh, perked my ears up and I went, whoa but they made some solid points doing it. And then the defensive line is just, uh, you know you know about it. It's We were rushing four the whole game. I mean, we were barely blitzing. We were rushing four, and I kept screaming, only bring four, and, and, they were, and Max Brown was running for his life. Right. Right. I Yeah. I mean, it was, like I said, it was an impressive game. There's room for improvement. Um, we know that USC likes to sort of, Play obviously play that West Coast offense, dip it under their to their tight ends every once in a while. I feel like with a more experienced quarterback, they may have gashed Alabama on some of those plays because of the lack of coverage in the linebackers, not staying on your assignments, uh, which is something like I said that concerns me. 
However, that's me picking something to pick something yeah. and say this is what they need to improve on. It was a great game. It was, I mean, we a held them under 200 game. yards, a, a top 20 team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see where USC goes from here on out the rest of the season. I think If the they toughest... go and run the table in the Pac-12, it makes Alabama look very good. If they lose five or six games, yeah. There's a lot of football. You're right. There's a, And I think Ole Miss is going to be the, the toughest test on our defense this entire season. Uh, well, we'll see how they play against FSU tomorrow, but I'm not – I think that'll be the how early it is in the season, um, and just looking at the rest of the schedule and how everyone else played. Ole Miss is probably going to be the toughest test on that defense this year on the road, so that'll be good. Um, so we talked about the defense, but what's what surprised you from the game? You know, what what did you look at and you just kind of didn't expect? Uh, two things stick out. Obviously, the play of Jalen Hurts, which we've already talked about, so I'm not going to go into it anymore. The other thing is Bo Scarborough and Calvin Ridley being quiet. And we talked about Calvin Ridley. Bo Scarborough's surprising to me. I, I feel like this was sort of going to be, I don't know why I thought this, but I thought this might be a game where he really stepped up, rushed for 150 yards, two or three touchdowns, really establishing himself as the heir to the Derrick Henry throne. And we didn't see that. And that's fine. That's not saying that we won't. But if you're asking me something that surprised me, that was it. Not seeing more Bo Scarborough being Bo Scarborough. I can agree with that, but mine was a little bit more of of just the play of Damian Harris. He looked very fluid. He he. I think he's. I think he's our best running back. I do. I as far as now, there's like we said earlier. Impressed with them. There's a lot of football to be played, but as of last night, yes, I think I, I agree with you. I think he was the better running um, back. The fact that we played four running backs surprised me. Uh, four running backs within the first half. Like, they weren't coming in during mop-up duty. They were coming in within the first co- several drives of the game. Jacobs and Evans right. both played okay. You know, they got their feet wet. I think Jacobs looked a little, a tad bit better, but not enough for me to make any kind of definitive statements. It was surprising to me that we, as a team that traditionally plays one two, one, two, one, two games out of reach, put the third guy in. We've done that for 10 years now. Right. To have number four in and the score's like 17-3. Yeah. That kind of surprised me. Um, other than that, yeah, the score. Uh, Just the score. This, the, yeah, the, the, absolutely. The absolutely. The dominance. The absolute dominance. And like I said, we'll have to wait and see where USC goes from here throughout the rest of the season. Is there anything else you want to comment on the USC game? Uh, I think we've, I think, I think we've uh, very, very nearly done. If I think of it, I'll speak up. I think we can go ahead and uh, move on to thinking about next week when we want to see next week. Two thirty kickoff, ESPN two. Uh, we we've talked about the starters. You think it's going to be Barnett? See, I like I like that, and I understand that. I, didn't I think it's going to be. I said hurt. I had this weird gut feeling, like I just wouldn't be surprised. Either way, but something in my stomach tells me that that could still very much happen more than people think it will. Right. I I don't know. I, maybe I'm I'm in the ignorant view that thinks I I, I I you know what I think I oversimplify things in a in a college football setting. Well, I, oversimplifying I think I things, things has down. been the right thing to do apparently the last couple weeks. Oh, one's been uh, playing the best. And you know what you said it you said it very well last night when we were talking or maybe today when we were talking that you felt like Lane Kiffin uh was sort of getting in and over his head 
and making things more difficult than they needed to I be. Think and I think he's himself at the beginning. It was too script, uh, too scripted, you know. And I, I think that's something that we've got to think of from here on out, not just with play calling, with everything. I mean, if and, you watch a remote moniker of of Alabama film over the last two seasons, you know that if we're bringing the the wide receiver toward the backfield in motion. We're running the ball. Just come straight to the backfield, try to blow it up before he hits the edge. Or the running back will be right there. Between the guard and tackle, you can blow that play up. And they do it every time. We try to get to the edge, and then the corners come. It's it's not been a successful play uh, 80% of the time. Right. No, I, I agree with you. I, but we I, complained about this all last season too. I mean, that, we did that too. One play, yeah, I mean, yeah, we 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 absolutely did that. And then I feel like there was one week I can't remember what game it was. We complained about it so much so that I think Lane Kevin hurt us. And then on the first play, Kenyon Drake almost took it to the house yeah. about sixty-five yards. So maybe we don't know what we're talking about. But yeah, I'm a little tired of the jet sweep play. I would love to throw just once. I'd love to see the I formation just once. <laughs> You know, like... Do we even have a fullback? I, 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 why not put Boscar in there? Well, I don't know that Boscar's a great blocker. I was talking about this with Kyle, who I've now mentioned twice. Um, we kept noticing that on third downs and, and more than four, it was always Harris. because, And I think that just leads us to believe that Harris is a, a bit of a better blocker than Scarborough. You think it's a better blocker or that Harris understands the offense better? I think if we're almost certainly throwing the ball, and every time I looked it was not Harris running a route, it was Harris going in to block. I think almost if the, when that happens, it, it usually means that one guy, they call him your third down back, um, is just a little bit better of a blocker. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I just, I don't know. I, you I know how I feel about often, those Scarborough. I just kind of was trying to make sure on who was in on third down since we have two new running backs. Um, anyway, we're still talking about Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky, like you said, kickoffs at two thirty. Um, what do you what What do you want to see? We're not going to lose this game, so what do you want to see? We'll Run the ball. Run the ball. Run the ball. Run a read option if you want to play the quarterback game. I get we've got to pass to see which quarterback is better. This is not a tryout anymore. That's what spring and fall camp are for, is for tryouts. This is now games. We need to start thinking about how we're going to win games. That's why I want Jalen Hurts to start. That's why I want us to run the ball. Period. What would you like to see? I want to see um, a team that doesn't, we did this during one of the podcasts last, doesn't sleepwalk. When we blow a, a good opponent out, a lot of times we'll come back and not, lose a game and still have a pretty good score, but we'll look we'll look unenthused. We'll, we'll lay an Alabama egg, if that's what you want to call it, against a very far inferior opponent. Um, the, I'm still calling this a quarterback competition. I just I just am. I'm not saying I'm I'm leaning seventy five percent toward Jalen Hurts, but nothing nothing about this quarterback competition has been what would we say, um what's the word I'm looking for? Uh average um i don't i don't think it's average but like i said i i don't want this i get that it's a competition i don't want the play calling to be affected by that decision yeah by that mo does that make sense i want i want to see i want to see confidence i want to see execution this is a team that 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 we should be able to just tune up with 
against ahead of Ole Miss. And this is not I, an I don't want to leave this game with more question marks than we come into it with. You know what I mean? This is this is not a team that Alabama needs to sleep on. Brandon Dowdy, 28 for 38 for 409 yards and four touchdowns last week. This isn't the Western Kentucky of your grandparents' days. This isn't the Western Kentucky of our sophomore year. Excuse me, my sophomore year, your junior year. Who'd they beat? who they they played? Um, they played Rice, which isn't. I mean, I, I get it. Rice is a. It's, you know, Rice is a. Rice is. They had they had six hundred fifty yards. Right. It, it's just, I, I don't know. It's this this Western Kentucky team is very very talented, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Now everybody's talking about their. I'm sure you've seen it. Their intro. Uh, where they ran through the tunnel and the smoke was going and they all tripped over each other, I did see which that. was that was funny, hilarious, hilarious, and things like that would never. I don't think they would ever happen in Alabama, ever. Uh, mainly because we're not going to use gimmicks like putting smoke out of the tunnel or anything like that. But I, I just feel like that's that's sort of Western Kentucky in a nutshell. However, this is not a team that Alabama needs to sleep on. Very powerful defense, very experienced defense. I would like to see Alabama go out, run the ball, take care of the football, win the game. Maybe if you get ahead early, then start doing that quarterback, let's see which one's better by using play-calling crap. But I don't want to see that until the game's in hand. Um. Yeah, look, basically we can't leave the game with more question marks than we enter it with. We need to, answer, we need to answer some questions next weekend. What do you want to see from the defensive side of the ball? Uh, well, uh, the Hilltoppers are a passing offense, first and foremost, which means uh, it's going to give us a good tune-up of a team that's going to be a lot like Ole Miss, who is a, a primarily uh, passing offense as well. And I don't, I don't want Western Kentucky to come out and expose a part of our defense that Chad Kelly will then in turn be able to expose even further the next week. Um Chad Kelly's a very good quarterback, um, and and so we just need to not take our defense is the best in the country, and they just need to come out with that same fire that they came out with against the USC and show that they are, and not, not sleepwalk through this game, because then that might expose a couple weaknesses that we don't know about yet. That's really all I have, given what our defense did last week. There's not much more I can say. Just don't don't expose yourself by playing horribly and sleepwalking against against this offense. One thing that I do want to mention right quick that we haven't mentioned yet, Adam Griffith's great on kickoffs yesterday. Oh, yeah, he was one for one. J.K. Scott was even better on his punts. He pinned him deep yes. twice. It's good yes. to see him. Mean, so, it's good to see I those think two that's, back. I think that's something that you and I can't really ignore uh, and that I feel like needs to be mentioned. Uh, very, very impressive from the special team side of the ball. Not a whole lot um, that, that really – would blow, you know, would jump off the page, but took care of the ball, did what they had to do. Uh, very impressed with those two. Feel like they've come a long way. Returns and for as fine. much as uh, Ridley and Diggs, they were fine on their returns. Nothing. I feel like out. for as much as we crapped on Adam Griffith last year, every time he has a positive game, you and I need to bring it up. Yeah, you're right. That was a good call. Uh, score predictions for Western Kentucky, my friend. Uh, I'm going to go 42-7. I'm going 42-20. Ah, so you're going. They're good. they're getting three scores on us. I I believe so. I believe so. I think this is a high powered offense, and like you and I said, Alabama gets lulled to sleep after big games like this at the start of the season. 
Um, players you want to watch, which other than the obvious quarterbacks, which ones are you going to be watching this game? I mentioned them earlier. I'm going to keep harping on them until I see them play the way that I know they can play. Bo Scarborough, Calvin Ridley. Now, I know there was a lot of differences and reasons why you couldn't really throw to Calvin Ridley and Damian Harris had kind of taken over the game. We were running the quarterback drills and all that. So Bo Scarborough wasn't really an issue and all that. But I, I want to see those two guys show up. I think those are two huge names for Alabama that are going to be crucial towards the middle part of the season. Um, I'll go a different way. I'll go to the defensive side of the ball. I'll go Ronnie Harrison. Um, there, like was a little, there was a little spat there, and I'm not saying that this is the only reason I'm watching him, but I also am just watching him because, um, I'll, okay, I'll just start talking about it. Basically, him and another, I don't remember which other player, were arguing and pushing and shoving on the sideline. Saban comes and breaks them up in the middle of the game. I've never seen that on a Saban I team before that. that. I saw that. Um, I did not realize that he was a part of that, but I did see that happen. Saban came and pulled him apart. I don't know that much has been said about it. I'm not going to say much more. The reason I'm watching Harrison is because I know what Fitzpatrick can do. I know what uh, Humphrey can do. I know what Eddie Jackson can do. I don't know what Harrison can do. And with the way this team passes, he's our current him and Averett, uh, who is a pretty – he's our nickel corner as of right now, and he's pretty inexperienced. Those are our two weakest links uh, through the air. I think they're going to try to pick on him, just the same way that uh, USC came right out and picked on Averett. They're going to pick on Averett, and they're going to pick on Harrison. Those are the two I'll be watching. Um, right. Because – there are other quarterbacks that are going to play this year that will be able to do that even better than Western Kentucky will be. So this is a, an important game for them. I like it. I like it. Uh, uh, we're, so we're, we're pretty much – I wanted to ask you something. Um, so we're, we're pretty much wrapped up here. We're going to be doing, of course, the two podcasts per week from here on out. We're going to do a sound off both times or one of the times? We can just- I, I think I, – I, I say we save the sound off for later in the week. Let let me let me let fine. me get I've all got, my frustration my, my throughout the so week. We'll do that the second I do podcast of the week. We'll do a little and, sound off, and then I'll get a good one. You know that is also off topic from Alabama stuff again. So later, either Wednesday or Thursday, we're going to sit down. We're going to have reactions from all the other games. We you know we got a lot to talk about. A ton of LSU, Wisconsin, Oklahoma, Houston, FSU, Ole Miss, Texas, Notre Dame. I mean, there's what. Texas, yeah, Notre one, Dame, there's, there's North Carolina, Georgia, another on, whale of a game. For sure. Uh, the Fighting Klangas losing to now getting his third mention on Shout Pat's out. interference, Kyle Flannery. His, his, <laughs> his Shout out to, employer, uh, the University of South Davis Alabama. Starting quarterback for the Jags in his first ever start taking down an SEC opponent. I said on Arrow it would be difficult. He went out and proved me that he could do it. Pretty good stuff. Great stuff. Great stuff. Brick, fantastic episode. Alabama wins 52-6. to All is right with the world. Bama back clearly on top. That's going to do it for us. We will talk to you later in the week for an overview of the rest of the nation of college football. But for right now, that will do it. For Pat's Interference, I'm Patrick Norwood. He's Patrick Brittman. Couldn't do this without you. If you want to check us out on social media, we're on Facebook at Pat's Interference. That's P-A-T apostrophe S Interference. We're on Twitter at P-I underscore podcast. Or you can go to our website at patsinterference.com. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, 
Amazon. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Native American smoke signals have some close. sort of version of Pat's interference. You can get us pretty much anywhere. That's my new thing this year, by the way. Uh, I'm telegraph. just naming whatever I can name, Thanks. and we're going to see if we can get our stream there. Tele Ooh, good one. I, I like it. I like it. But that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We couldn't do this without you. Always been a big dream of ours. It's nice to have you with us. We will talk to you later in the week. Alabama wins 52-6. to Roll Tide, everybody.